Welcome to another episode of the Classic Car Corner Podcast. Thanks for joining us again tonight. Our guest this evening is a repeat guest and fellow enthusiast, and I am proud to say he is also a recipient of several sales achievement awards at his dealership. But first, these words from our sponsor. Today's podcast is sponsored by Springdale Automotive Centers, the next generation in car care, locally owned and professionally operated, whatever you drive, Springdale services, domestic, Euro, hybrid, electric, classics, and diesel. Springdale's car services include maintenance, repair, and diagnostics with four convenient locations in Louisville. How can Springdale be of service? I'm Jason Painter. John Lockhart and Eric Benzel could not be with us tonight, and we welcome back Jeff Hoon who is going to share with us the ramifications of the chip shortage and how it has affected the auto industry, specifically new car availability and used car inventory. Jeff, thanks again for joining us tonight. Well, thanks for having me back. Absolutely, buddy. So um, here we are, um, get these blurps every morning uh, from Automotive News, saying another pinch in the system with uh, nice. these chip shortages. What um, You sell new cars. Right. So... How has this affected the industry from your from your standpoint? How hasn't it? I mean, it, it's it's so bizarre. So when you uh, suckered me into this car sales world a couple of years ago, <laughs> right. after I I kept fighting and thinking I would I would never enjoy it and and have, um, you know, the the industry has just changed in almost every possible way. You know, we at our dealership we had I think on average around four hundred cars in inventory. And a couple months ago, we probably had, in terms of new cars, 20, if, right. if even that. Right. So the days of going out and saying, what color do you want? You know, which model do you want? What, what options? Whatever. Mm -hmm. To a great degree was, you know, I'd, I would joke with people like, oh, would you like to see our truck inventory? Uh, that's it. That's the <laughs> truck. That's what you have available. I got exactly. You. So right now, in fact, I have seven different deals in my desk drawer completed for cars that are anywhere from being ready to be built to being in production to being in transit mm -hmm. um, you know people aren't able to walk out to the dealership and pick out a car they're literally having to take cars that are Available. on the way yeah exactly are, so yeah. so right. it's it's like i said in the old days you'd go out and walk around the row now i pretty much say i've got a gray one a black one and a green one mm -hmm. which do you want Gotcha. So, yeah, and are the are the customers because I'm in automotive sales as well. Mm -hmm. You know, you're spending a lot of money on these cars. You basically want to spend your hard earned money on what you want. Right. I think a lot of customers understand what's going on, and they're just okay. I get it. I understand that this is what's available. I mean, do you perceive a different um, uh, attitude? When these customers come in, are they more disgruntled because they know they're going to have to settle for a different vehicle than they may have planned to come in? What what how, how are they uh, handling that? Yeah, exactly. No, it's 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 interesting, and of course, it's sales. So you have a variety of customers, mm -hmm. and um, to a great degree. So here's an interesting element right now. For instance, you see a lot on the news about all the huge market adjustments and the markups. On MSRP, people mm -hmm. paying five thousand, ten thousand, forty thousand. Heck, Mercedes a hundred thousand over sticker on a G wagon mm -hmm. and, and getting it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we are of a much different mindset. We're very much a volume store, and we are going to. We do not have anything that we sell over MSRP. You know, okay. Some of the hottest, the the new Yukon 
the new uh, 3,500 one-ton trucks and all those kind of things, we're, uh, we're still discounting almost everything. And I have now, last week, had a person, my, my farthest one yet, flew in from Huntington Beach, California to drive a one-ton tra- truck all the way back, back to Huntington Beach. But it was going to save him, he estimated, about eight to $10,000. I've sold as far north as Maryland, two different vehicles in Maryland. I've mm-hmm. sold all the way down to Florida, Alabama. I would say probably on the one-ton trucks, in fact, two-thirds of our sales are out of state because they're finding them on the internet. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I think that's another very different element that the world's not used to is, you know, these dealers that are charging these absorbent amounts, if that was the only option, then people would have to buy it. Whenever you do a Google search and you and I are all too often playing on cars.com or right. something, sure, you're going to organize it by lowest price first. Mm-hmm. And you know, I have a, a gentleman in Arlington, Virginia. His local dealer wanted 30000 over sticker on a one-ton truck. He found a dealer in Pennsylvania that would only uh, that only wanted 3000 over sticker. So he said, you know what, fine, I'll, I'll pay the extra. The general manager called him back and said, hey, didn't know you were out of state. I'll still do the deal for you, but I'm going to need it at 12000 for, you know, the extra issue. He called us and we discounted the truck. He bought a 50 buck plane ticket on Southwest Airlines. Gotcha. Couldn't be happier. Gotcha. So that's, I think that's where the world has changed so much is that people now can go out and find what they want. Mm-hmm. It's just probably not going to be five blocks away. Gotcha. And, uh, like it used to be. Right. Yeah. And right. so people are very appreciative of that kind of going back to the original kind of what are the attitudes, whatever. When, when they find out we're not taking advantage of the situation, mm-hmm. they can still get what they want. They are actual vehicles, not promises of one that we hope to have built one day on it. Um, I think people have had so many bad experiences that by the time they finally have a good one, they're, they're really pretty appreciative. I got you. And have some fun. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Wow. So, uh, for our listeners, I mean, everyone hears of the chip shortage. Mm -hmm. What chip is it? I think, I think we both kind of know, but for people are like, yeah, exactly what chip, what chip is it? So, when all the, the reason all of this chip shortage issue began back when COVID first kicked off is that the car manufacturers, understandably, thought, my gosh, this pandemic's hitting, everybody's, you know, shutting down, thinning back, no one's going to be buying cars. So they canceled the orders for those chips from your Intels and your, your chip manufacturers. Well, companies like Apple, for instance, stepped in and said, what's that? Chevrolet doesn't want their chips? We'll take them. Uh, what's that? Ford doesn't want their chips. We'll take them. And, you know, the same chips that go into your vehicle go into an iPad. They go into your television, uh, PlayStation 5s. That's why you couldn't get PlayStation 5s. That, you know, remains such a hot item. Mm-hmm. They can't build enough. It's the same, you know, micro microconductor. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. But essentially, it's the same element that is in your washing machine. Um, Mm -hmm. everything uses chips. So when someone talks about, well, what chip are you missing on the car? A 1500 half ton truck has probably 150 chips in it. And then now if you think about the move towards electric, I mean, how many more chips you're talking about 200, even more chips in that car. Right. So that is where, when the manufacturers went back and said, my gosh, we, we actually could sell a ton of these cars. We need those chips back. (laughs) Like, yeah, 
Apple has all those now. So, um, hence, <clears throat> and of course they can't catch up because COVID and labor shortages and supply shortages. So, right. It's just this horrible circle. Well, no, um, yeah, you're exactly right. It, 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 it's, uh, it, you know, and I, I sell mostly used vehicles. And mm -hmm. so the ramifications on our end is, is, you know, we don't now have the collateral that we're used to from a volume standpoint because people are holding off on their vehicles right. to buy new cars. And then once the used cars hit the market, um, you know, there, it's just more scarce. And when there's greater demand than supply, prices go up and a lot of independents like where I work are a little bit more gun shy to Absolutely. purchase a whole lot of vehicles for consumers because if you purchase too many and you're paying higher dollars for some crazy reason should the market correct while you have a bunch of cars on your lot uh, then you're going to end up owing more than what the car is going to then be sold for and that's why you see so many uh, few cars I guess you could say right. fewer cars on these car lots so I mean it's a trickle down effect make no mistake about it and um, you know I I think we're both trying to predict when is this going to be over. And there's been a lot of uh, things that have come out of this is maybe some good, maybe some bad, don't know. But um, it, it's, it's you know, a, a lot of people like going to these dealerships, new or used, and seeing a variety of colors, a variety of options, trim levels, uh, this, that, the other. And when they're limited to, there's only five or six or seven or eight cars on the lot. <laughs> right. I mean, but they're in the market because either they've had a wreck or they've got a car that's, uh, uh, that's, uh, mechanically, you know, not, um, as good as it should be. And it's going to cost them more than what the car's worth to, um, you know, fix. So, right. so if they can get the parts, if they can get the parts, and right. now and the parts are scarce because right. they don't have the chips or the manufacturer yep. can't right. do it. You know, yep. so supply chain issue, yeah, you know, that's, that's another problem. Black right. wheels. We haven't been able to order black wheels for a few months. Um, rear entertainment, all mm -hmm. the, all the Yukons were coming with the cool new rear entertainment screens. Mm -hmm. Haven't had those for months because again, so this is interesting. One of the ways that, General Motors is trying to get more cars out because for a long time, they just created this backlog of vehicles. If they couldn't get, you know, a supplier couldn't provide, let's say the heated seat module. Mm -hmm. So you've got, you know, the module that makes the heated seat. Right. Well, they would run out of these heated seats <clears throat> modules. And so they would just stick the trucks on the side of the building until they finally got the module. Well, now you create this, this backup and uh, of vehicles that are wanted so much. So we now have vehicles that are being delivered with the buttons for heated seats, but there's actually not a module in there. And we sign a form that says, in three months when we have heated seats, bring it on back in and we'll put it <laughs> right. in. So I'm, I'm now yeah. selling cars. It's like, does this come with heated seats? Well, a heated seat button, mm -hmm. and eventually, yes. Right, right, <laughs> so yeah. It just, every everything about this has been so odd. And the fact that people now are like, oh, okay, uh, sure. Yeah, I mean, right. Just imagine a couple of years ago and said, hey, I'm going to sell you this watch, and one day I'll give you the band for it. Ooh, nice. <laughs> right, okay. exactly. And do I get a huge yeah. discount? No. Yeah, no, no right, right. And, and that's that, that actually leads me to the next question. So, you know, most consumers uh, are used to haggling or negotiating the prices on these cars. 
obviously the chip shortage has affected the supply. So, you know, um, it's basically, here's the price. I mean, you're obviously selling cars to folks throughout the nation in different states. Here's the price. Um, You know, is it a take it or leave it type situation? And are they kind of cool with that as well or... To a great degree. And, and people understand and, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. What's, what's interesting is the number of people that will try to haggle. And, and we're, we're very proud of the fact that, you know, we wouldn't be selling cars to people in California if we weren't getting, you know, great prices. Mm -hmm. And one of the things about General Motors is they're on a sell to earn basis. So if you sell five Yukons this month, they will reallocate you five more Yukons. So we're all about getting them out as fast as possible. So we're going to cut to the bottom line. Here's what the price is. Here's what I can do for you. Um, and don't get me wrong. We, we want someone to enjoy and walk away feeling like they had a good experience. So it's, it's not the iron fist, but to a great degree, mm-hmm. I always tell people, look, if, if I didn't hit the number, you know, we're, we're probably not gonna, gonna make it versus the old days. And it's, um, the story that I, I think of numerous times, gentleman drove in from Kansas City, I think, with his wife on a truck and sat there and haggled, haggled. And, and my uh, friend and co-worker said, look, I, I've done everything I can. This is the price on this beautiful red truck. And like an old country haggler, he said, well, I'm going to go to lunch. And while I'm at lunch, you think about if you can do a little bit better on that. So he left. When he finally came back, he followed another vehicle in. The person got out of that vehicle. You know which vehicle they walked to. They walked straight up to that red truck. Right, sure. <laughs> and as soon as the guy from Kansas City saw that, he goes, okay, never mind. I'll take it. And my sales guy said, well, someone else is looking at it, and they have first wire of refusal. Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing that salesperson said was, you either buy it or that guy from Kansas City is. Uh, yeah. And he has to say he bought it. Right. And the guy got to drive all the way back to Kansas City, most likely with his wife saying, I told you so. So it <laughs> makes for a long ride. <laughs> it was going to be a long. And they were, you know, within a couple hundred bucks or something. No, so, I got you. Um, I got you. Yeah. So so people appreciate when you're not gouging. And I, and I think that's helped us mm-hmm. a ton on it. And, you know, our joke around the dealership is, I hope they all keep acting like this because uh, I have a customer in Tennessee that said, I don't care what my dealer offers me in three years. I don't care how big the discounts are. I will never give him business because of what he tried to, you know, yeah. overcharge me. And gotcha. uh, I look forward to coming back to Louisville. And uh, I think when you're talking about the the small lots and stuff, mm-hmm. the future is going to be interesting because I think, like you said, this is not going to end, you know, I, I hope in the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think there's a lot of dealers that um, – are going to have a hard time weathering this because people right. remember oh, yeah, things right. like that. Yeah. And, and sales is relationships. Right. And, uh, so you I'm, can't put a price on integrity. You, you can't. And, and, and then and, once you do get a loyal customer, as we both know, I mean, they will stick with you till the end. And so, they will right. bring their friends yeah. and they will, they Refer. will tell the story. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. and, and the opposite side is when I know at a <clears throat> sister dealership, they were marking up, uh, one of their vehicles and it was a vehicle that a person had ordered, and he had ordered five of these vehicles, and they're very high-end, expensive vehicles. And when the vehicle got there, they said, "Okay, here's the price, and another ten thousand." <laughs> like, right? For what? He goes, I, right. "I ordered this." They said, "Yeah, well, they're they're worth that," and they stuck to it. And not only did he not buy that vehicle, but how many people did he tell that story to? Um, how many sales did you lose 
trying to get that extra markup. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Different strategies. And again, sure. may they keep on standing behind that. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, let's take a moment and ask our listeners to please check out our sponsor, GD Herring. GD Herring provides options on insuring, on insuring not only your classic car, but uh, all your collectibles. And you can find them at www.gdherring.com. We are speaking with Jeff Hoon, talking about the chip shortage. And so uh, I, we've got another interesting question over here for you. So uh, technically, there's little to no inventory on your lot, but yet you guys are still hitting your sales numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, how has this been achieved with, you know, not even a, a fourth of <laughs> what, right. you're, what you're used to? Right. It's... Um probably two years ago and we've we've sold stuff out of state before don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. but you know a couple years ago i don't know and i'm so making up numbers but you know 10 percent, you know might have been out of state or whatever Mm -hmm. that number's probably 30 40 percent when it comes to the big trucks it's got to be well over half right um that's been a huge element on it um the the other one is like i said our approach of volume versus bigger profits per truck on it. Right. More trucks we sell, the more tr- the more service we get. You know, for the ones that are in town, right. they're going to come back and do service. They're mm-hmm. going to tell their friend. You know, it's sure. so. Um, that's how we've been able to do it. And and again, the internet uh, obviously has changed the world in more ways than someone like you and I could could even explain. But now that it's opened it up to the world and people literally see the cars coming available on it uh, like i said i've uh, just tonight sold as i sat there with one of my customers in bowling green Mm -hmm. was considering what color vehicle to buy um we had one coming in tomorrow someone walked in and put down a check and as he was writing the check i got the text hey is that white one available nope five minutes and uh, he's like, okay, I'll take the other one. Sorry. Right. Now, what, what do I do? Right, uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and, and you guys are a, a, you're one of the largest GM Buick dealerships in the... Vol- Volume-wise, Courtesy Buick GMC is the largest volume, not just in Kentucky, but in the zone. Zone. In, in the region. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, so uh, how has Courtesy uh, adapted uh, to, oh, gosh. yeah, right. So uh, <laughs> my, my mind races because the number of processes and forms that we've had to institute since the, the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, we used to take credit card deposits like, Hey, I'd love this truck. Here's the numbers. Great. I'll, let me take a credit card with, you know, a thousand bucks just to secure it, whatever. What was happening early in the pandemic is people would do that, but then, so they knew they had a truck or a Yukon. And then they would start shopping and try to find one somewhere else closer by, but at least they knew they had a backup claim. Right. Well, the problem with that from our standpoint is just like tonight, you know, mm-hmm. here's this white truck. Somebody calls me, they want it, <clears throat> they want it. Ah, someone just put a deposit on it. Mm-hmm. Well, that customer goes back to shopping. If the guy that put the deposit on it suddenly reverses credit card transaction says, nah, I found a red one a little bit closer. I'm good. Then I now call my customer back. He's like, I already went and bought somewhere else or yeah, I know your tricks, whatever. Right. I'm not buying it. So, you know, if, if we commit to someone that we're going to sell them this car, we want them to commit back. So we now literally take wire transfers or checks and deposit them mm-hmm. 
to understand that's a non non refundable. Right. Um, and you know we're we're in this deal, and it's worked out fine. I've got a new farm. One of my thirty five hundreds was delivered up to um, Minnesota, mm. and we literally took the truck to him. Right. They went through it like crazy. Looked over everything. Everything's right. great. Came home. A week later, hey, there's a huge dent in the truck. I need y'all to repair it. It was there when I got it. No, no, no. it wasn't. Right. And we now have a form that you sign off on that says there are no dents or damage to this vehicle. Um, as well as we don't take them to people. Um, now it's pretty much like Louisville's got a pretty good airport. Come on in town and, and right. take it home with you. Gotcha. So there's probably 20 different processes we didn't have before this. Mm-hmm. Just to protect ourselves and the customer. Right. Um, well, I mean, sure. if you think about it, these folks that are out of town that are purchasing, I mean, for crying out loud, they're buying a brand new vehicle. There's very little risk in buying a brand new car. You're going right. to have new battery, new tires, new, I mean, new <laughs> new brakes, everything's new. So so driving it from, you know, your, 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 your client out in California, right. for example. exactly. I mean, technically, okay, if there should be a problem, well, the car is well under warranty in Kansas City, Missouri, and it will be under warranty in Denver, Colorado, and it will be in warranty when it gets to California. So, the, you know, so the risk factor, uh, buying cars, mm-hmm. um, sight unseen, um, that are new should right. be very, very minimal. I mean, it, but you know, as you and I were sitting here having dinner tonight, um, I'm texting with someone in Tennessee that wants pictures of a used infinity because they just can't buy, you know, they can't right. find one. Right. And one of the things with us too, when kind of circling back to, to one of the questions is mm-hmm. from a used standpoint, the only thing that we can offer on our lot are ones we've taken in on trade. Uh, because the auction prices are insane. I mean, what what they're trying to sell for at the the auction house, often, uh, and and they're they're correcting a little bit, but they would be more than a new car. Right. And so, how do you buy a used car at auction and sell it next to your new car? Right, right. So that's become a challenge for us. Right. Um, because again, if you're marking your car up ten thousand, well, yeah, you can charge more for your used cars. But because we're not doing that. You know, we, we can't mark up the used cars, which mm-hmm. which is giving us great deals. Yep. It just means I don't have nearly as many because I can only choose from what I take in on trade. trade. Right, yep. And those have to go through 140-point inspection. And if to repair something that didn't pass becomes too expensive, it goes off to auction. Right. So, um, hence, less cars available. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. What a nasty circle. It is. It really <laughs> is. And we've talked about some of the short-term uh adaptiveness from your dealership mm-hmm. and probably that of most. Sure. What do you think is the long-term um, uh, cause and effect of this? What, yeah. what, what What's your, what's your take on that? I've read a lot where they've talked about the manufacturers are kind of liking this. Hey, we'll, you know, order it. It'll come in, you get it and not having as much sitting on the lot. Mm-hmm. And, and I get that. I think people have become a little more accustomed to it as of late. But, you know, we're a nation that loves instant gratification. You know, everything is instant notice on your phone and texting. You know, if, if anything takes, you know, think about the days of fax machines. Like, we can't stand to wait for something. It's got to be texted that minute or right. something. I, I, I really question whether Americans are going to be okay with, you know, here's, here's a sample of the car what color, what features, whatever, um, because you're going to lose all of those impulse type buys. You're going to, you're going to, those, those passion buys that I just, you know what? I love this thing and and I want to get it. Um, and so I, 
I, I really question, although to, to, to some degree on it, um, I, I think it, it may shift somewhat that way. But these, these big mega dealerships with, you know, 700 cars on their lots, I, I don't know that they'll ever, ever go back to that again on it. But gotcha. I hope to have a lot more than 20. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, yeah. No, I got you. Yeah, no, especially the 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 size of our city and right. want to be able to accommodate. But yeah, yeah, it's that's that's a good point. Um, let's talk about car values in general. I know there's MSRPs and then there's mm-hmm. actually used car values. Um, you know, there's a guide, right? And then there's reality. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great way of putting. It. So, so how uh, you know the finance departments because uh, I do finance mm-hmm. and you know and, and sometimes um, sometimes the guides don't exactly keep up with the uh, average day market that, and they that, can't it's yeah, changing it, yeah, so, right, fast. so fast right yeah um, you know the aggressiveness of uh, I'm assuming uh, GM Financial is probably your main um, bank that you guys use or, or you know local and and. Uh, telling a guy and finance this mm. um local credit unions gotten oh, yeah. very aggressive yep, very great. aggressive yep. with it and, and in fact it's been kind of good because mm. we at our dealership um do not have a preferred vendor i mean we may have gm on our our board mm-hmm. but you know our goal is to get someone the lowest possible payment right if it's gm financial awesome if yep. it's one of the local credit unions um yep. transcend credit union mm-hmm. very aggressive on it mm-hmm. um Wells Fargo, Huntington Bank, you know, continue to be very aggressive on it. Yep. And um, well, they pretty much have to be to capture the business based on the values it. of the cars. I mean, and, that's and just that's, one of those things. That's absolutely. And I've worked with all those banks, and they're all fantastic as well. Uh, you know, a lot of they the credit do. unions, yeah. Uh, and you, you got to be adaptive, and you know, you know, the, the guides are there to really protect the consumer for from them not paying too much for the car, right. and it's protect the bank because they don't want to over allow too much mm-hmm. on the value of a car just in case something happens. And so, well, and that's exactly where mm-hmm. we continue to see some, some challenges too, because when you get these used cars with these big inflated values um, and yeah, you're, you're trying to finance it. All of a sudden the bank's kind of looking at you squirrely like that. That's more than the real car. At the same time, as you said, the NADA books went you know, so crazy high, Kelly Blue Book, right? You know, start going crazy high. So I, I, I literally had a a situation where I was sitting with the customer, looking at a one ton truck, and I think we had it discounted to seventy seven thousand dollars. He had an identical truck, but it was about a you know year or two old, about thirty thousand miles on it, and uh, I showed him sixty eight thousand based on what local auctions were MMR as you know the term too yep. well so uh we're looking at what local prices were and 68 was about what they were going for and uh so i showed it to him and he said oh no 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 my my, my truck's worth 84 i said okay um it's a 2019 35,000 miles and you won 84 i'm selling you a brand new one for 77 right. so <laughs> how can i keep you more for a used one right. and um so he's like, oh, well, I, I get it, but the books say that. I said, I'll tell you what, let's look up the book on this new 2021. <laughs> right, right. Let's let's see how that turns out. And we looked it up, and it was 102000 I said, so I'll tell you what, uh, instead of selling you my truck for 77 <laughs> I'll sell it to you for 102 mm-hmm. 
And at that point, I'd be more than happy to give you the 84, 84 the right, year's right, worth. Right, right, yeah. And, uh, and, 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 you know, we, we finally got it worked out, but yeah. that was my best example of, you know, mm -hmm. you, you have to understand now, now with that said, we had three different people at our dealership who had purchased new trucks in 19, sell them to a local used car dealer a year later, make 10 to 15,000 mm -hmm. more than they paid for them. Right. And then they purchased a new truck. Yeah. Yep. Um, which obviously wasn't at nearly the discount it had been. Mm -hmm. um, but used car dealers, they had no choice but to yep. buy it. The the other one that that's interesting when we're talking about the values. So, you know, uh, you, you had a past working with, with Enterprise. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you'd sell vehicles that had been on the lot. Mm -hmm. What was interesting is about a year and a half ago or something, our, our enterprise person called our dealership and said, hey, hey, how you doing? And our used car manager said, great, but listen, you know, we, we can't buy any cars right now. You know, we're, we, we've got what we need. And he said, uh, no, I need you to sell me some cars and, and literally anything with less than 70,000 miles. miles right. Right. Um, because the used car companies, or I'm sorry, the rental car companies had sold off their fleet. Mm -hmm. Now they're depleted travel picked back up as the pandemic kind of lightened some and uh the, they went to the manufacturers the manufacturers said i can't take care of my dealers much less you oh wow right there's no example of, yeah. a, of an entire market kind of left out in the lurch right um so now rental car companies are competing with you and me mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, as consumers like trying to buy a used right. car yeah yeah what a weird world it is yeah <clears throat> that's exactly right and who'd have ever thought that uh buying a vehicle that typically depreciates in value in this time period is now something that you can actually flip if you don't have to buy another car that is and maybe maybe grab some extra it, cash i mean it's just don't. kind of a different scenario um so there are some rumors of dealerships uh, taking orders and not carrying inventory uh, do you think that's going to be the new normal anytime soon like i said i just i i think i feel like americans are are just too set on their instant gratification i mm -hmm. i we don't like waiting right we don't you know we don't want to you know get all excited go to the car dealership and then go back home and you know sit for a month while, sure. while we wait on it so right. i think there will be more of that and and yeah i think it's also going to be a an age-based thing some because mm -hmm. i think some of the younger folks you know can often see cars more as transportation more than the, you know, the passion that you and I, you right, and I have yeah, on it. it right. They may be, maybe, you know, may be more okay with that. Whereas, you know, others are going to get excited. You want to, you want to feel the car, you want to see it. And, and that's one thing that's really difficult for me right now is because, you know, one of the things that I try to um, really instill in folks is just how excited I get mm -hmm. about a car. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's, you know, kind of infectious on it. Sure. You can't do that looking at a picture on the web and be like, that satin steel is really exciting. Right. Like, how about <laughs> that? You know, look how awesome that leather looks. Right. You want to touch it, feel it, and, and enjoy that's it. That's exactly so, right. No, no doubt I just, it. how do you lose that? How do you, yep, that's exactly right. Well, we got one last question here for you real quick. Um, what are the manufacturers changing in their processes to make sure that, this doesn't happen again. Yeah. So I know General Motors is, is partnering with um, Wendy manufacturers, literally building their own plants. What's interesting is when I talked about, you know, 150 chips in a, in a 1500 truck, 
well, we've got a new electric Hummer coming out. Mm-hmm. How many chips are going to be in that one? I think it's. I think they're going to look at different technologies. Uh, they're definitely looking at having their own suppliers. Mm-hmm. I think they learned a little lesson when you count on someone else that has multiple clients themselves. You know, you may not be their number one focus, and I, and I think the car manufacturers can be a lot more focused on having dedicated resources gotcha. um, to avoiding this. And like I said, I, I think it's going to make them look at different technologies and, and planning very, very seriously Seriously, yeah. because this is – this has been a shift, no, to say the least, been. and it's been a good one. Like I said, I, I think yeah. I think some some folks have definitely suffered mm-hmm. because of it out there. We've we've actually been doing very well, mm-hmm. and um, and like I said, people people really do appreciate a good experience still, just oh, like they absolutely. would they would anything. Make no it. mistake so about it. Yep, absolutely. We'll, we'll survive, and I think we'll we'll look back on it as it was definitely a a shift in the auto industry forever. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to look back on it with pretty fond eyes, I think. Well, well there you go. Yeah. Well, Jeff, this has been such a fun and yet again another informative discussion. So thank you again for joining us here tonight. Um, remind our listeners, if they want to buy a truck from you or a car, <laughs> that, of course, they, you know, I, I do it too. So we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll be if nice and say. <laughs> if it's a new right, one. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, how can people reach you? <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, my uh, – Cell phone is 502-417-8841. Shoot me a text. Give me a call. Um, check out our website, courtesybuickgmc.net, not .com, courtesybuickgmc.net. And it's it's a great group. Uh, we give great experiences, and um, we just want people to, to enjoy the car buying experience. It's how it should be. Well, you sold our son a car, and it's been a fantastic vehicle, so... And yep. you, you did well looking it over. <laughs> That's right. There you go, buddy. And for our listeners, uh, remember to check out our website, www.theclassiccarcorner.com. If you're looking to get your classic car appraised or need any pre-purchase inspections done on any car of interest, I'd welcome the opportunity to help you. My contact information is jason at gdherring.com. Remember to check out autobiotags.com. Every car has a story. Be sure to tell yours. And if you're looking for collector parts... Check out CPX at www.collectorpartexchange.com. Thank you for listening and happy motoring from your friends here at the Classic Car Corner Podcast.